Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Healthy Indoors live show. I'm your host, Bob Krell. I'm the founder and publisher of Healthy Indoors magazine. And uh, thanks for joining us. So welcome to all of you in our live virtual studio audience, as well as those of you watching us on the variety of uh, live stream portals we have it going to, the healthyindoors.com site, uh, multiple Facebook pages, and uh, YouTube, and LinkedIn today for, for first. So um, as always, um, we have our uh, amiable co host Mr. Joe Medos joining us today so that's exciting uh, Joe Joe wasn't here a week ago and also joining us as our guest today is uh, R- Rachel uh, Rubelet she is uh, the head of laboratories for Inspirotech Incorporated and uh, we're going to be talking about some of their uh, innovative new technology for performing air samples in the indoor environment I'm real, real excited to get into this um, Kind of a kind of a breakthrough. So uh, we've been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, we took a pause during the IAQA uh, live conference, live virtual conference, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so, hey, we're back. So great, great for you uh, to be here, and uh, we're looking forward to a great conversation. So with that, how are you, Joe? How are things? I think things are good. Hopefully, everybody else as well who's out there. So we're excited to finally have an audience to participate versus Bob and I trying to banner back and forth and harass our. Uh, our guests by ourselves so we are looking forward to having more folks so uh, you may see people pop on and we will actually uh, uh, pull your video down just you know it's not that we don't want you to be there it says we don't want to see you exactly right now but we will focus don't take that personally we will allow you to be seen at a certain point so right. so again i guess the reminder here now that we're live again if you're part of our live virtual studio audience um there's a reactions button at the bottom of your control bar in your zoom meeting um hit that reactions tab button and it'll open up an option to raise your hand. So raise your hand uh, with us today. Um, our moderator uh, who has been our moderator for several weeks now uh, is the editor of healthy indoors magazine. Uh, Susan Valenti, longtime friend and longtime industry uh, person. She's been around in this industry darn near as long as I have. I mean, really close. Like <laughs> we're, we're so Susan's not going to show her camera now. I just have a feeling. But anyway, uh, Susan will be there monitoring your chat for the live studio audience, answering your questions. When you raise your hand, she'll give you the opportunity to turn your camera on live and your microphone so you can uh, be live with our audience. So anyway, with all that, now we got all the, uh, oh, well, I guess we're out of time now. Anyway, Rachel, great great for you to be here. Um, We met a year ago at the IAQA event when it was in person down in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was in West Palm Beach. Right, West Palm, yep. West Palm Beach, um, and you know I was intrigued by your technology, uh, what what you're doing. So, the device is the Air Answers Unit, right? Yeah. And uh, so, tell us. I, I guess, Joe. I mean, I know you have a series of questions you want to do, but let's want to do a quick overview. Let's tell us a little bit about what's going on with this Air Answers thing. What this is, this is new, new technology. It's a new breakthrough technology. Um, it uses uh, ionic propulsion to uh, collect samples and to move, moves uh, 150 liters of air per minute through the device. So any particulate matter that's in that air that goes to the device is captured on an internal cartridge. There's two electrodes where the particles bind. So we have a laboratory service. So we test for a variety of different allergens, um, mold. Uh, for mold, we do beta-glucan. 
um, as a measure of uh, mold biomass in the room. Uh, we also do SARS-CoV-2, which is super exciting. And that's kind of what our main focus is right now until this pandemic comes to somewhat of an end. We've been kind of uh, really, really pushing um, the, the monitoring of the SARS-CoV-2. But um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of uh, what we have. So it's, it is a breakthrough technology and um, we're very excited about it. Well, I just want to, wait, I just want to clarify because we you we get so you do a allergen profile, which is hard to find Correct. today from uh, in a variety of testing methods, um, okay. and you do uh, uh, have a mold sample that's included with that. Is that correct, or are those separate? Correct. No, those are you can either get the the allergens with the mold, or you can get the mold separate. Yeah, but, and, um, and then yeah. you actually do the uh, SARS CoV two, uh, you yeah, know, uh, yeah, COVID nineteen as we call it today, um, as a sample. So there's a lot of folks who've been trying to figure out how to do that. Or especially commercial environments, they want to know: was there an exposure, or was there something happening? So, oh I, yeah, I, I, yeah, right. We've That's had great. a lot of interest from uh, companies who want to uh, validate their uh, sanitation protocols that they've put into place. Um, they have particular instruments that uh, clean the air, and they want to validate those that what they have in place is also removing um, the virus from the air. So, it's uh, you know. Uh, and we'll talk about this later, but uh, based on our pre-call, all these are incredibly affordable. We're really shocked that you're able to bring this type of uh, testing application uh, into the market. It's something that everybody here listening could actually add to their uh, testing uh, opportunities. It'd be like, oh, this is not a $10,000 you know, test for people to do. This is these are all things that are very affordable. It's no, really it's very you affordable. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, it's extremely affordable. Um, and uh, what we do is we... Um, we kind of work with the particular customer on developing a package. Um, but I can say our, our device, it's just our device alone. Um, but it's a device you can keep in your home and you just have to particular, or, the, um, in your commercial space and just purchase the, uh, the cartridges for testing. Um, but the device, if you just want it by itself, uh, usually goes throughout $4.99. But again, our sales team works with, um, all of our customers on finding the right package, the right pricing, um, everything catered to that particular um, need. So the more the more you test, the better you 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 actually have as an opportunity. So yeah, exactly. That, that's the kind of thing my wife throws at me. You know, the more you buy, the more you save. No, I, it's, sorry, I just I had to. <laughs> and I said, no, the more you buy, the more you spend. But that's another story. Um, what I what I I'm intrigued about by this technology is. Yeah. We t we classically in the industry take snapshot samples yeah. for airborne tests. Now, and, and there's some exception to that, right? When you use low volume pumps, sometimes there's four or maybe eight hour samples, but rarely do we ever take a sample longer than eight hours in an indoor environment mm -hmm. for the most part. So it's mm -hmm. still, and that's, if it's a low volume sample, there's not all that much, you know, the volume of air. I always like to compare uh, spore traps. Like for example, we're typically, you know, if we're doing 15 liters per minute for five minutes, we take mm -hmm. about two and a half cubic feet of air. That's it. That's yep. all we're analyzing. So, so your technology is different in that you're moving a, a lot of air and it's a longer duration sample, correct? Correct, correct. Uh, for allergens and mold, we do a five-day sample that gives you kind of a whole representation of, um, you know, the, the allergen load or the mold load in that particular area um, during that five-day period of time. So you're not seeing, getting those one-off peaks that you know are going to rapidly change so it takes that into consideration and with SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 it's uh it's three days so yeah you're getting a nice idea over that period of time and what what you're being exposed to 
So you have the option of doing as as many of these testing things do, although they're short in time and space, is I can do one area or because of the amount of time that I'm, I'm gathering, I could actually do a um, a, a multi-room sample, uh, you know, for a, a day each in some of these rooms. So I think that you're providing um, a different uh, process than most of us are used to in terms of our sampling collection. So oh, yeah. especially if you're somebody who does this, I would be like, okay, I'll be back in two days. Let's let's get a collective uh, discovery of what's happening in this environment. And you can do that. So that's exactly. really- uh, it's a yeah, high volume sampler. It's 150 yeah. uh, liters per minute of air go through the thing. So you can put it in a centralized location and in a building and um, measure everything. Uh, if you have doors or rooms that you're particularly interested in, you can have the rooms open to those. And then you're getting a collection of everything that, uh, that full entire area instead of just one particular area of the room or, or one particular room itself. But I mean, you can also do rooms, you know, if you're interested right. in too. So let, let's uh, answer everybody's questions right now. So how, how are you able to gather that much information or you're not overloading your media? So why don't you kind of talk about the technology to explain okay, well, why I'll you can do a long-term sample. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'll give you a little demo here. Um, here's our device. You can see it's it's very, very small. Um, it's easily compact, you can move it around easily. It's not clunky. You have these little cartridges that it comes with. It comes in these little plastic containers. Um, I'm going to open one of these and put it in. So you see, it, it's not, these electrodes are, are where the, um, the samples collect. So you can see it's not a filter. You don't have to worry about it clogging or saturating. It's, it's, it's an electrode. Okay, push it in the bottom there. that on and plug it in it's ready to go and Rachel that's pretty complicated I don't know if many of our <laughs> listeners can actually handle something like that that's really like wait can you do it again okay. <laughs> well, it's really slow this time yeah <laughs> but so, because yeah. those electrodes are there you like you said you don't have a media you, there's no filter you no can, media, you can no capture filter. yeah yeah yep. and, and, there, and there's no really no moving parts correct I mean this thing there's no moving parts and conceptually, I, and I'm going to sound ignorant here, but is a similar concept to how the Dyson uh, fan works with no blades or not really? Um, I, I think that's different than the ionic propulsion. I don't know okay. exactly what technology but, they use for that. But, but still a, a, a mechanical less device. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mechanical yeah. less. No, that's well, it's something that's hard to describe <laughs> as to how that works. Oh, it's hard for me to pronounce. But, um, it, yeah, I mean, it's now, there, but there is a there is a finite amount of material you can capture on that uh on that, those electrode plates right i mean there is there's a certain point where they can't you, you can't run a sample for in, in a definite period of time correct yeah i mean we do see a plateau over a period that's why we have these certain days set up so for allergies and mold we have it five days well there's a reason why it's five days is because we've done testing where we've tested a device one day two day three day four day five days and you can see an increase of the allergen that's collected in that time. And then at five days, it starts to plateau. So um, there's no difference between five and six days. I mean, you could run it for six days, but it's not gonna really make any difference. So yeah, there is, there is a plateau. So my, my question is, I guess, you know, this was my thought a year ago, you know, when we met in person uh, back when, you know, and again, that IAQA uh, convention last year in 2020 was one of the last industry co conventions before everything started shutting down. Um, 
and I, I was intrigued by it, but so what prompted your company to go down this path with, you know, because this obviously is, it's, you're presenting somewhat of a paradigm shift of, on how to collect, gather information, right? Uh, what's flying around in an indoor environment. What's the, what's the impetus behind this for you guys? Like, how did you, how'd you even come up with this? All right. Well, um, our, our co-founder, Julian Gordon, he's also our chief scientific officer. He's the one who came up with this invention and invented this. Um, he's also known for like the, the Western blot and for lateral flow and used in pregnancy tests. But uh, anyway, he met with our previous, with our other co-founder. And um, the, the first idea for the device was to be used to collect uh, pathogens. So they were going to be using it for biowarfare, um, collecting pathogens. And then there was some work done uh, with the army. So that was the original use of it. Um, but after that period of time, it was found that it could also collect allergens and uh, collect other things other than just those biowarfare agents. So um, that's kind of where it started from. And you, you know, when we, again, when we met a year ago, you guys were really close to launch. And then obviously uh, the uh, SARS-CoV-2 pandemic hit and uh, that, that caused a shift on your part. Did it not oh, it did. as far it as was, how you handle it? Yep. It, it was a big shift because of the pandemic. Um, everything shut down just like everywhere else shut down for a couple months. Um, and we knew our device had captured uh, different viruses previously. Um, we had some work that we did with the uh, U.S. Army with uh, equine, equine, encephal equine encephalitis, excuse me. Uh, but uh, we had some work done with that. So we thought, okay, well, um, if we could capture that, uh, maybe this device can capture COVID as well. Um, so we were approached by the University of Chicago. The University of Chicago is doing a pretty large study on um, COVID-19 and in, in hospital rooms. Um, and so they, they approached us about this. We worked together on it and they were the first ones to find that our device does in fact collect the, the COVID-19, um, that particular study, which was, was, was really exciting. Um, I know it's a, it's a still a terrible time, but I mean, it was, it was exciting breakthrough for us. Um, and then after that, we just, we all pivoted. Um, all of us work very, very hard and we're all very passionate about this device and about, you know, we're all kind of, I don't know, do-gooders. We just want to make things better for people. Um, so we pivoted pretty quickly. Um, we built up the laboratory specifically for COVID-19. We, um, we do the, the RT-PCR for um, COVID-19 in our laboratory. We bought up all the equipment. Um, it, was, it was a big push. As I, as I probably was with everyone else who's doing anything with uh, COVID-19, it was basically get everything together in, in a few months. And as a follow-up to that, your, the device, your, your collection device really is capturing fine particulates. So yeah. in theory, right, it could, ca it could capture almost anything flying in the air. So now it's the different analyses, right? The different assays that you perform yeah. on the materials you capture. So, I mean, I would think it's almost limitless what you could actually sample for with this. Anything, you could, uh, anything that could be caught on an electro plate, right? Yep, we have papers that uh, we've done in uh, the microbiome where it's a collection of different, uh, the, um, the aerobiome analysis. So we're looking at different bacteria in the air. Um, we have papers where it's known that we can collect different types of fungi. So, I mean, it's, it, we could do quite a bit with this. And, and in the future, our plan is to 
um, add on a lot of different options out of that menu, different viruses, different um, different bacteria, things that maybe a consumer would be interested in seeing. So there's a lot of questions in the chat that just went directly with what you were talking about. So let's talk about the size of what you're able to capture. All right. So you, somebody asking you go down to 0.1 microns and ultrafine particles, which I believe if you can grab viruses, you're able to do that. Is that correct? Yes, we can go down to 0.1 microns. And the other to follow up is how long someone asked about the, the, the COVID-2 test. How, well, if I would just want to do that test, how long do I actually have to get a good sample to confirm that I have accurate data? What would you recommend? Um, well, you would run it for three days. So if, if I'm uh, understanding the question right, you would run the device for three days. You send the cartridge into our laboratory. We run it and we get the response back to you within those two days. So within a week, you'll have an answer. And one that just kind of came to me as we were talking is that, okay, so I decided to do a, uh, you know, a COVID test. I send it back. Do you keep these? So like it could be later, but like, hey, um, by the way, can you go take that uh, sample I gave you a month ago and go check it for allergens? Do you actually archive these so I could come back later to pull a sample off it? Well, the one problem with that is, um, which is, is something that we're working on in R&D, is that if you're doing uh, COVID and you're doing allergens and mold, you have to use two different devices. Mm -hmm. And that's because the media that we extract the sample off of those electrodes is different for COVID versus the allergens and mold testing. So um, that's definitely something that we're gonna be working on. Got it, but in general, just let's go back to the mold allergen. Like I, I did a mold. For, we yeah. keep everything up to a year. So you if you have a sample, that uh, provided us with, we'll keep that sample up to more if you want or, um, you know, purposes. Um, there was somebody else who wanted to clarify more about the, uh, the mold and uh, beta-glucan, so I'm going to read it to you. So can you please clarify the instrument samples? Mold and beta-glucans are not only allergenic, they are uh, oxygenic. So I'd appreciate clarification as to how you're handling both of those. Uh, including oxygenic micro, micro, micro okay. while being online. Okay. Uh, well, with beta glucan, we're looking at it as um, as a, a way of looking at uh, mold biomass in the particular environment. Um, so um, that's that's the purpose of that. It's uh, the beta glucan that's being um, given off by um, actively growing mold. Um, we, our main purpose in doing that was to, to look at um, our originally, well, I'll go into originally. Originally what we were doing is we were looking at mold allergens, specific mold allergens for penicillium, cladosporium, alternarian aspergillus. Um, but unfortunately with that, we were missing out on a lot of other molds that people would be interested in, in their environment. And that's one of the reasons we went to beta-glucan because it, it identifies uh, all the molds and majority of molds do express uh, beta-glucan. Um, and what was the rest of that question? <laughs> I, I think you're answering it. It's kind of to clarify is the, how do you distinguish between allergens and toxigenic um, microbiologicals? Okay, okay. Well, with the allergen testing, I can go into the testing as well. Um, for the allergens we do is, is we have a sandwich ELISA uh, based assay. So we have one of them, it's a, it's a multiplex bead based 
assay where the antibodies are, are bound to the beads and, and bind to the particular antigen that's in the sample. Um, and with the beta-glucan, it's a, it's a kinetic assay um, that partic is very specific for beta-glucan in these particular samples. So it's a, it's a kinetic um, assay that we run on the plate reader. Um, so yeah, two completely different assays. Um, you know, allergens, very specific for those particular allergens. Um, the mold test is not an, it's not allergenic mold test. It's, it's a particular all over, um, it's, an, it's an aggregate basically, right? You're just looking yeah. at a total, total yeah. load in, in, in the space, basically. Correct. Correct. And again, I think the one thing that's, you know, it may be hard for all of us to wrap our heads around a little bit is that it's looking at it a different way. You know, we're, I think everybody in the industry, at least, you know, I've been doing sampling for 35 years now, 34 years. We're always, we're thinking in terms of snapshots and very, you know, specific sample locations and not long duration. Now, I will say I'm old enough to have used the old Allergenco units where they did, you could program multiple uh, slide traces for spore traps. Yeah. So you, you could actually program that to do up to 20 slide traces on a single glass slide. So in a way that was, it was taking five minute snapshots, but it could take repeated snapshots over a programmed interval. Uh, but th this is a whole different, you know, like we're, it's apples to oranges, right? We're not really, because we're looking at something that's constantly pulling a relatively high volume of air through a collection media. Exactly. And then there's the, the question of uh, people always say, well, air changes so much. Well, that's why it's good that we have it running over a, a long period of time. You can get kind of the reflection of that whole period of time instead of this little snapshot here, the little snapshot there. It's going to rapidly change. This will give you a better idea of what is actually there. We did have somebody ask, uh, do you do VOCs? So I'll let you um, explain why or if you do. So We, we, we don't do VOCs. Um, we actually, uh, we're talking about a possible... Um, I don't want to go into it very much, but I, I know it, we were talking about a, a possible all-in-one device at one point where we were going to be doing all these different things, and that's something that's off into the future, but that's not something that uh, we're currently doing. Well, one of the challenges with VOCs, everything else you've talked about is I know exactly what it is, or you know, I can identify yeah. what, what could be causing it. VOCs, it could be actually the person who released the, the test, their cologne, or something in the room that you never thought about. So it, it, VOCs are such a, you know, roll the dice as to what it really is that's causing your test to show up. Well, yeah, and, and in most cases, right, we're, we're looking at TVOC. I mean, yes. in, in real time, right? We're using photo ionization detectors and we're, we're, we're doing a conglomerate with a, you know, with, with a lamp that's calibrated to a certain wavelength. And yeah, it's like a mixed bag. I mean, that's not to say, obviously, there's also air grab captures where you're doing, you know, mass spectrometry on it. But um, yeah. I, I don't think that's done all that often. You know, I mean, obviously, it's done for the lead certifications. Uh, but I think in general, IAQ diagnostics, it's probably people are using PIDs more than anything, correct? And mo most of the sensors, devices that are out there use some sort of a PID module in them, you know, with all the real-time analysis things. So uh, challenging. Uh, and let's talk about the user uh, briefly, Rachel, because we, uh, you know, talked about our pre-call. I, I described there's two users. There's clearly the professionals, which is probably the majority of our audience. But yeah. these are also the kind of things where a homeowner just wants to know, God, I have allergens and I don't need to pay somebody $2,000 to come over and do the same test that I could do. So why don't you talk about what's your marketing strategy between professionals and actually direct marketing to homeowners who want to learn more about allergens in their house? 
Uh, well, our, our devices, what were our strategy right now, of course, with COVID is our big focus on helping the larger establishments. So the uh, corporations, the, the facilities, larger businesses, people that um, want help feeling, uh, having employees feel safe coming back into the office place. So that's, that's kind of our, our main focus. Uh, and then also with the indoor air quality professionals who are involved in those commercial spaces, um, but definitely this could, it's, it's very user friendly. It definitely be used in, uh, in user homes and customer homes. Um, but we are, and so, I mean, they could definitely, uh, purchase it, but we, uh, mainly are targeting the indoor air quality professionals who have the businesses who want to bring, incorporate, uh, airborne allergen testing and, and COVID testing into their, um, repertoire. Um, so this would be kind of like a, a tool you would have in your kit, so to speak. Um, so, I mean, it is definitely something that we could be using for um, consumers, but we're not, that's not really our, our main target. You know, follow up to that. Um, so so the, the device, obviously you have the various collection plates for, for what you're going for, either mm -hmm. the allergens or the uh, the uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, collection plates. Uh, is there a, is there a shelf life on these things, on these collection plates? You know, it's a lot of the collection media that we use for other types of samples. Some of it does have a shelf life, right? You can only keep, uh, yeah. you know, are these plates good indefinitely or is it, there's there special yeah. handling? Steel plates. So they're little steel electrodes. And uh, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're good indefinitely. So. And as far as special handling, are there any, 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 I, I, I noticed you, you kind of handled it pretty gingerly and just threw it in it. That would be, that's the standard protocol of how to handle it. You don't have that to don't need glove up and do all that. And the only thing I was, okay, I'm going to take the cartridge out when you're sending it in, because the whole thing is you, you take it out of the device, you put it back into this little plastic piece that it came in and then you put it in an envelope. Um, only thing I could say is don't touch the electrodes because you don't want to contaminate the sample. So there's a little handle that you want to hold everything by. So put it in here. You just take this and it comes with an envelope. You get four cartridges um, in a box with one device. You can also buy the cartridges separately. They come in packs of four. And there's uh, an envelope, you put it in the envelope and you can send it in the mail. Um, we have a lot of customers who are also using the option of FedEx right now too, because of the, um, the post office is, is a little bit slow. And just to confirm, because when we saw you a year ago, you guys were still like, here's what we're working on, but this is uh, ready to go out the door. People can be uh, actually adding this right now to their, oh, yeah. their testing procedure. Oh yeah, and people, we, we have had a lot of interest. People are, people are definitely adding it. So where do you see your device uh, headed towards? Um, what, what are some of your expansion concepts? There's nothing that you're, we're trying to hold you to, but you, you're just the beginning of some of the things that, that yeah. this device yeah. can do. So why don't you kind of elaborate as to like, you oh, know yeah. what, we, we think two or three years from now, we'll be able to do, yeah. Well, the plan is, because everything right now with uh, the focus on, on COVID-19 and, and everyone who's, who's going through this pandemic, um, People are getting educated a lot more on air quality and, um, you know, knowing what's in your air, what you're being exposed to. So uh, the plan is uh, to focus on adding uh, more viruses. So um, 
influenza, uh, measles, maybe different viruses that uh, people would be interested in, in monitoring. Um, and to add different, um, you know, because it does different types of bacteria, different fungi. So it's, it's important what we're doing right now is finding out what customers want, um, looking at the marketplace, talking to customers and finding out what they want them on the future in their facilities, um, what, what they think is important. So, but yeah, we, we definitely, the whole plan is to um, pass COVID-19 because you know, that's, that's probably gonna be ending within the next year, um, hopefully. So, uh, but um, so the plan is to just kind of move on from that and uh, uh, able to collect multitude of different, different biologicals. So to, to address uh, Terry, Terry from the audience, I uh, had a question here in the chat. Um, he's still saying that he's uncertain what specific bioaerosols are sampled other than SARS-CoV-2. When you say it samples allergens, what specific allergens are sampled or what do you define specifically as allergens? Okay, well, we are identifying specific allergens, allergens from uh, cat, dog. So with cat, it's Feld one um, dog, it's uh, CAN-S1. Um, from, we're doing mouse, we're doing, um, we're going to be adding rat. We are doing uh, three different pollens, uh, ragweed, timothy grass, and birch. Um, did I misintention dust mite? We are doing dust mite and our dust mite actually is not um, as a, a specific allergen. It does identify a multitude of allergens from um, nine different species of domestic mite. So it's, uh, you know, cross reacts with those different species. So if you have dust mites in your home or, or even, I, I think there was some um, different types of, of mites as well, then uh, um, our device will pick that up and, and give you a particular concentration of the domestic mites in your environment as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Because a lot of times, I, I know doing uh, investigative work, uh, wet environments. A lot of times, we'll find uh, the mites that actually feed on mold on environmental surfaces. And mm -hmm. I, for the life of me, I cannot remember which species that is. But so I'm assuming maybe that's one of the ones that also would target. Mm -hmm. I, okay. Uh, and did you you mentioned uh, cockroach too, right? Cockroach. Uh, yes. Allergen? Yep. So before we uh, open up to the audience, I, I'm sure there's one anticipating question: um, is that how have you been vetted? What are do you have any papers or what's going on with the confirming that this thing is is has had some you know, feedback from other professionals like in our audience? So um, we sure. we can give the link at your website, but I just wanted you to go ahead and answer that as this. Yes, you guys have definitely done your due diligence. We, we definitely have done our diligence. Um, I we're very science quality based at our company. We have uh, a handful of different papers that we've done where we validated our own collection with the um, uh, Johns Hopkins University. Um, we do have some papers we've done with the University of Chicago. Um, we have um, a study that we've done for allergens um, throughout the Chicagoland area. It's a hundred different patient homes. So we're looking at kind of like a, um, an overview of the allergens we found in, in these different homes. And we are currently working on studies with, for, for COVID specifically, we're working on studies with the University of Chicago and with the University of Nebraska. And we're really hoping on getting um, some of that data from the University of Nebraska sometimes soon. Um, and 
So yeah, that's that's kind of what what we've done for any kind of diligence. We also have five different um, quality certifications. Um, I know our, our lab specifically is ISO 17025. We are AIHA accredited. So um, we've, we've done our due diligence. We're trying to do everything the right way. Um, all of our assays in-house have been, had to go through a, a validation process to be uh, ISO 17025 accredited. Everything has to be done appropriately. Everything has to be multiple generations of testing. Um, so yeah, we've, we, it's, it's, we, we've done the diligence. I mean, one of the things you always have to face, you know, you're, you're a newcomer with a, a new methodology. So of course, you know, expect to get hit with a lot of arrows early on because that's just, that's life, this industry. Oh, yeah. And, you know, consider the fact that you're walking into an industry that, I think traditionally, Joe will probably agree, you know, we feel jaded sometimes as professionals in the industry because there's, you know, I've had more stuff shoveled at me in the last 35 years and a lot of it was good. I mean, you know, not, not saying everything is bad, but there is some stuff that's come down the pipe that, you know, like you got a question. So, you know, so there's always skepticism. I mean, you have to, right. I mean, you're, you're, of course. you're prepared to deal with that. One thing I say that we did do just to people with any kind of Q and a, um, on our website, we do have, um, a 24, I think it's 24 page pamphlet of any kind of Q&A type of questions to answer any to customer questions they may have, as well as um, it has a list of our abstracts in there. And our, we have a scientific advisory board of uh, um, professionals in their particular areas. We, there's doctors, there's allergists, there's um, scientists. So, I mean, we, all that information, if it's if, if people are interested in it, that is on our, our our first page of our website. And that website is uh, airanswers.com? Correct. Yeah, it's in the chat. We've put it in the chat a few minutes ago to not Great. let people leave early, but it's in there now. So Well, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of people that are watching this in other portals where they can't get to the chat. Only, only the live virtual studio audience is privy to the chat. Ooh. I guess they could be listening too. So yes. They could be listening. So it's, <laughs> it's good to, you know, it's good to share that information. Um. I, I would like to open it up to our our, our studio audience now uh, yeah. because they're, they're chomping at the bit and I don't want them to, we, we tease them and we said you can come in and, and ask questions. So at this point, Susan, if you want, uh, you can, uh, we can, uh, Joe, do you want to go to the format or just open everybody up, let them all in at once or we just uh, well, let, let them let's raise try questions? Let's try and follow the, uh, a, a good procedure. If you, did you raise your hand? And if you did, yeah. let's try and see if we can acknowledge you. So if you uh, are still learning how to raise your hand. Um, if you go to um, reactions, you can actually see there's a spot down there below near record and other stuff is um, how to raise your hand and then we can acknowledge you. Um, and if not, we're just going to start oh, picking on some people that are here in the audience. So. So again, click the reactions button on the bottom control bar of your window um, and uh, then hit the raise hand button. So how about we start with somebody who actually did have a, a question and clarification, and I still want to make sure we got it. So how about uh, Terry, Terry Sofer, you are, we, you asked very specifically, would you like to uh, confirm your answer? Would you, that's one of our goals now is we actually can bring you on and make sure that Rachel answered your question. It's kind of like taking you back to school days when teacher made you go to the board. <laughs> <laughs> Susan will give you access to uh, unlock. Yeah, it Terry is unlocked right now. Okay. Terry, can uh, you hear us? Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, um, well, this is a uh, very exciting technology. Uh, uh, I guess I'm 
still at the at the point where I need to uh, go to your website and dig into the more of the details and the research. Uh, the uh, one of the concerns I had was um, presenting mold as solely an allergen bearing bioaerosol. Um, but maybe your website clarifies that more. Okay. Um, well, we're not, we're not, uh, I, I beta glucan, we're not presenting it as, uh, an allergen. It's, we're using it as the, the, um, looking at bold myo, uh, biomass, mold biomass in that particular area. So, um, so, so I, I take it that you, the, the way you, you were probably want to present it is it's you're doing mold and other allergens correct, correct. So it's I, allergens it just, and mold. okay okay so i think maybe that clarification you know yeah, technology uh, wise yeah because we, we like i said we used to do mold allergens but i mean they were too specific we wanted to get you know be able to tell people uh, or allergens or not sorry excuse me we wanted to tell people about uh the amount of mold in their particular environment because that's that seemed to be what people really wanted to know versus those particular allergens so our our, our live audience is very quiet today oh, <laughs> in wow. general in general there's not there's not a lot of hand raising going on um so joe we we could uh we, we could open it up and, and let, let them go full a uh, full bore here um, yeah, well, I think people, you know, want to see who who is here and uh, what what are some uh, other questions that are happening. So um, that I'm open to that. Uh, Susan, if you want to open up some of the people's videos, that'd be great. Yeah, we'll we'll allow your audience people to hop in. And uh, again, if you're in a noisy environment, please keep your microphone muted unless you're speaking, um, just so you don't pick up a lot of background noise. So Rachel, what were some of the things you guys learned through development of this? Like you were like, whoa, we didn't realize this, or we were thrilled to find out that we could do that. So there must have been some major learning curves through this technology and what you guys discover. Can you share some of the, the good, bad, or other things that popped into your discovery elements? Um, what was I going to, well, one of the things was in determining, you know, the size of particles you can collect. I mean, that was, that was pretty, uh, pretty wild figuring that out. So finding out that, because we knew we could do the smaller particulates because we could collect for allergens, but we didn't know that we could go down to uh, 0.1 microns. And so that was kind of discovered with uh, atomic microscopy. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, anything that we, we didn't expect? Um, it's a loaded question. But, it is a loaded yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, the COVID, the, like I said, for, for figuring out that our device could collect COVID, that was kind of a hunch that started with, okay, well, we could do equine encephalitis. Let's see if we can't get someone to try to collect the virus with our device. So that's the whole story with the University of Chicago. And when they came in, it was exciting because we finally could get someone to try to collect COVID with our particular device. And, you know, so it was pretty exciting to get those results and find out that it, it could collect in, uh, in patient possums, so. So, I mean, with the, um, you know, with the, with the pivot that you guys did, you know, due to the pandemic, um, you know, because obviously it changed, it probably changed, you know, it changed everything, right? <laughs> you know I mean, like, I'm yeah. sure like February, you had a plan, uh, February, uh, 
2020 you had a plan and that probably went out the window March 2020 uh, as far as the, oh, the release plan. Yep. So, so so that pivot, you know, then again, it, it opened up. You, you're looking other ways. I mean, like as Joe yeah. asked you earlier, you know, going down the line, you, you think how how is this being embraced? I mean, you, obviously you, you're new to the market. You were just released yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, is this, you know, what, what kind of feedback are you getting uh, from the industry? We're getting some really good feedback, uh, especially for the the pandemic going on right now. And a lot of these companies want to validate their their equipment. Um, we're getting a lot of for a lot of interest from um, school districts, uh, kids coming back to school. They they want to monitor the rooms and everything um, on a weekly basis to to make it safe for the kids and the teachers to come back. Um, we've had a lot of interest in. Um, big companies using it in, in their offices. Um, so yeah, we've, we've, we have a, we have quite a bit of interest right now. Um, I will say our sales consultants are, um, they, they don't really have low days. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, I, I always like something new on the bat utility belt anyway. So that, that's, that, that's me. Uh, uh, Patsy, Patsy's uh, from our audience. Uh, you have a question? Yeah. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Excuse my parents. I did not plan on being on here. So. I, I, you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> so, um, I've been having a lot of clients, potential clients, getting um, very detailed mycotoxin blood work done. Therefore, mycotoxin assessments of their homes, which in my opinion, is really, is kind of going off the rails a little bit. Um, but but uh, I want to be able to address that in a, you know, pro professional scientific way, you know, that makes sense because I think yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on with that um, that is kind of leading some people down the wrong <clears throat> extreme path Yeah, of, of that isn't really, you know, it's just, there's a lot of, a lot of things are being overdone there. Right. So my question is, um, you know, I understand this can separate out the allergens. I, I understand it's a total identifies all the moles with the beta glucan yeah. glands, um, the biomass and it, and it identifies all the molds. Is yeah. it able to, is it just saying it's here, whether it's viable or not viable? Is it, you know, it's, does it's it, actively does it, growing? Actively growing. Okay. Yeah. So, so that brings me to my next question is like, what about all the non viable mold that's in the air that we normally collect with, um, you know, spore traps? We collect viable and non viable. We don't really care if it's living or dead, quite honestly, when we're trying to develop an assessment of what's all going on in there because. Um, you know, it's all a problem can all can be allergenic, all can be toxic, you know, all, can, all of it can harbor all those things. So we do it as a total, whether it's living or dead. Um, does this just identify viable mold or does it identify the quantities and the types in the non-viable? Well, this is what we do offer. Um, it's with our beta-glucan, it is viable. Um, but what we do offer is we will take the sample because we keep the sample in our laboratory for a year. We could take the sample and send it off for a qPCR analysis. So then we're looking at everything that's collected in that sample. So we could do a, a breakdown of 
of different uh, species of, of mold that's identified through the qPCR okay but to, but to clarify it is it is a uh, a, a, a total aggregate sample that you, your Correct. your initial sample that you provide is not it's not giving any individual okay. categorization right? but we will keep that sample and that's the sample we out for further analysis that they'll look at all of the uh, the breakdown of species. And that would be something in addition to, you know, when we send you back that that collecting device, then when yeah. you put on a chain of custody, I want a QPCR of this on top of everything else you're providing kind of thing. Well, that's something that you would have to work with with our, our sales uh, team on how exactly that would kind of work out. Okay. Um, yeah, it would be it would be something like that. You just work on the the sales consultant, and, and they would um, get the information laboratory and, uh, and put that in the system. So, yeah. I mean, what raised you know, this to me raises an interesting point that that I, I tend to you know make ad nauseum uh, you know over the course of uh, this series is. Are we even looking at the right parameters? Like, you know, for example, uh, Patsy, you mentioned something about, you know, somebody doing blood work, right? So they're doing medical blood analysis on an individual patient, right? Looking to see whatever, how they've been affected by whatever constituent from, let's say, fungal uh, exposure. Um, and But we, as consultants, are doing environmental sampling. And our environmental sampling, as far as I know, does not directly correlate with any medical outcomes or projected results. Correct. So we are not comparing the two same, you know, do we even know that a spore trap has any relation the level of spores per cubic meter to actual medical outcome? Correct. Correct. So yeah, I'll just clarify that, you know, I, it is very clear when I am there, I am diagnosing the health of the home, not the person. Right. Yeah. But what's happening in our industry is there's people getting into it that are giving people a lot of data and tying the mycotoxin load in their bloodstream with the you know the potential mold problem in their house, right? Now, yes. may or may not yes. be related. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not They're, gonna even comment about the health of you. You know, right. yeah. no, like I want to know if somebody's ill and they, they've been diagnosed with a chronic mold exposure illness. Of course, I want to know all that. But this, this mycotoxin in your blood data, medical testing tied to remediation scam. Oh, I mean, did I say that? No, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really, yeah I, I don't know how I, how, how would you feel comfortable even presenting that information to a particular customer? Like, no. With allergens, the thing is, I mean, we're hoping to get so much data that we'll be able to kind of uh, compare those health out health outcomes with the uh, the allergen load. But you know, no one might be more sensitive to a cat than another person. So maybe a small amount of that cat allergen might have a huge effect on one person, and um, versus like another person, it might absolutely do nothing. So I, I don't know how you would measure. Yeah, well, I'm just trying yeah, but, to do Yeah, but I, I, I think you're what you're uh, talking about. It's it, There's this, and it's been around for a while, and there's some people who are just crazy about it, and, and Facebook does not help this cause because if you <laughs> think you have an issue, you can go on Facebook and find a 1,000 people. They'll be like, yeah, I got it in my blood too, and my kids got it in their blood, um, and they don't talk about diet. They don't talk about a variety of stuff that where these sources could or couldn't be from, but there are just a lot of people that are sending down a uh, an awkward message. So. Usually, I've, my, my approach has been when I work with these kind of clients is that um, I, can, I can guide you as to what's in your house, but only you 
can figure out what's the connection. And that is not my goal, but between you and your doctor or, you know, you know more about your body than anybody else. So I can only provide with you what you're exposed to. And then you can focus on how that exposure may be impacting you. Yeah. And I mean, that might be causing problems. You don't know. I mean, there could be like with the, with allergens. I mean, we have worked with physicians in the past where we provide them with, I mean, they, they know they're allergic to something. So we'll, we'll find like a variety of allergens in the house, but I mean, we, the correlation is tough though. I mean, that's the whole point. It's like to try to, to try to take environmental to medical. I mean, I've been involved as expert witness in some cases, and I know we've got other, other people in this audience that do a lot of expert witness work, you know, and, and we were able to successfully make that argument you know, in a few cases back in the day, you know, where somebody had aspergillosis diagnosed, you know, that the causal agent was aspergillus niger. We found high levels of aspergillus niger on both environmental surfaces and in the air. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you could you could make a jury jump to that conclusion. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, but but did we have anything definitive to prove that what we were sampling was what was in that person's lungs? No. I mean, come on. No. I mean, we, you can't you can't make will. that claim. It never yeah. will be a linear relationship like that. No. But, but the know. problem I'm having is, or not the problem, but um, is that the, the mycotoxin-driven assessment of the person in the house drives the remediation protocol, which is inaccurate. But yeah. in all fairness, we don't know whether the mycotoxin relationship is a better indicator of what's going on than total spore load, you know, or colony forming units of viable. I mean, we don't know. I mean, right. In all honesty, Patsy. Yeah, I, no, I, I, and I totally admit, I don't know. But none of us do. <laughs> Nobody, anybody that says they know is may, you know, is pulling that one out of their hiney. Uh, right. But the, the, you know, the, the reality. So we have a lot of people in our studio audience right now. Nobody's chiming in. I, you know, raise your hands. We'll get you on camera. We, we, we can fire going on yeah there's a, there's a lot of type chat but you know you're welcome to jump in here and uh get jump into this dialogue and i'll just say one more thing about that and then i'll be quiet um, no, you, you don't have to be quiet it's, it's okay. just that the corresponding remediation plan and directives are so out of whack when you're trying to filter all this in there right it, it's it, it's already a costly expensive you know out of a lot of people's budget to do regular remediation and then you have somebody come in and, and diagnose with this mycotoxin diagnosis of them in the house. And it's this insane protocol that nobody, unless you're independently wealthy, could actually do because you're cleaning every single solitary square inch of everything in your house. I mean, you might as well just, you know, it just isn't, to me, uh, it, it's, it's an overkill and it's not necessary where we've been, you know, following IIC or CS520 guidelines and mold remediation and people have been, you know, being restored back to their health after that was done. And so why now, you know, is this now, not only are you, you're quadrupling how much it costs to do remediation, whereas most people can't even do the just basic remediation that's needed. Peter, but there, the one thing that's, that's a real sensitive topic is that there's a psychological impact that happens for these folks. A, they're probably hypersensitive in general. Um, and now they went on and found a variety of stuff. And whether or not it is actually in their home and impacting them, if it if they believe it is, then it is. And it's hard to overcome those things. No, so I know that. Yeah, yeah, there's a real challenge with working with them because you can never convince them of uh, certain things that the home is officially cleaned. All those things are just a real burden uh, to overcome. So it is a long-term commitment with them. And it isn't just the physical things. You're also trying to get them to analyze their own environment to feel more confident about it. 
But then after Peter. it's over, after it's over, it's just back to where it was. Really, so, I mean, you yeah. know, bless the remediation. But anyway, this is a longer topic, and I, I, the only question I had for you, Rachel, was, we, we like to we like to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Peter, Peter, chime in. You got he's got his hand raised and he's unmiked. What are your thoughts? Okay. Um, where is you have a little fan inside the device, and if so, what velocity does pull air through? There's no fan. There's no moving parts. It has a high voltage wire inside that forms like a, a plasma of ions that move around. So that moves the air around uh, inside the device. So it's 150 liters per minute. And what's the opening in the device that allows the air to come into and what out of the device come in and go out? Yeah. See, there's, there's these little holes. Okay. On both sides of the device, so uh -huh. the inlet and the, the outlet region. Oh, okay. So it goes in, I think, on this side, and then it comes out on this side. So so it allows the, the air, it pulls in air out and, you know, and um, swirls it around. Yeah. And, and, the, and the science is electrokinetic capture, right? That's electrokinetic capture or ionic propulsion. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Hey, Rachel, I actually want to ask you a question. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, cause, um, you know, I actually got a bunch of questions from Jay Otis. So I'm going to ask all of his questions. Um, first of all, where's the pricing information on the website or does it exist? There is website? no pricing on the website. Okay. And ballpark, how much, um, how much like for like pricing in terms of collection cartridge lab fees, you know, like ballpark figures. Okay. Well, I, I, do, I am not the uh, the a sales business particular person who's yeah. I, I, I don't want to give you the wrong information because um, I don't know a whole lot about the pricing. And I, I do know that the how they're they're working it right now, how we're working right now is um, there's different plans for uh, different people. And that's dependent on your needs and what kind of company um, you are in the volume that you want. So there's a lot to in these different packages. Um, so they're customized to the individual and they're customized to the particular company. Okay. Um, I can tell you our device by itself with, um, with no tests, cause you just keep the device. The device is something that you, you keep as a, as a tool or keep it in your home or keep it in your. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But like, so, you know, I mean, you, you know, but for example, how do I find out what the price is? Uh, you to uh, contact our company. So if you go to our website, there's a contact us that you fill out that information and someone good in touch with you. There's okay. also uh, support at inspiratech.com is a way uh, to get in touch with a sales consultant and you can start the conversation about what your needs are and, and what you're looking for particularly and they'll work out the pricing with you. Um, but uh, I will give you an example, our device um, I know this much. Our device with no test. Okay. You know, and then one, and then one last question. Um, I actually um, posted your um, your um, your SARS COVID two sample report. You know, on from the website um, for for everyone in the chat. But do you have a sample report for um, for any kind of mold allergens on the website as well? Uh, yes, yes, we do. Uh, that should be on the. Um, if you go to the first page on the website, there is um, towards the bottom of the first page, it says a customer Q&A. They give you, there's an option for downloading like a, 
uh, a pamphlet. There's about 24 page pamphlet. And so the, the, um, the reports are also in there. All right, uh, so we, we, we provided that link, Susan, you did. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, you, you know, so, and then right now I'm gonna pass it back off to Terry Sofer for his question. Oh, uh, going to one of the previous questions uh, stimulated a, a further question on my part with regard to the ionic uh, means that it captures the sample from the air. Um, I assume that's been tested so that uh, to determine that that ionic uh, uh, mechanism overcomes a typical uh, CFM airflow in a residence, for instance, which might be as high as 1200 CFM uh, a minute when the system's cranked up high. Um, and the in those kind of circumstances where that much air is moving through a house, for instance, um, uh, the ionic uh, mechanism is able to still capture uh, a representative sample of from the air. Yes. Fascinating. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep. It is, is able to do that. And what's, what's the volume again that, that, that your uh, device is capturing? It, it's a fairly high. It, it, it's 150 liters of air per minute. So it's yeah, that's a lot. Very, that's a lot. And I forget, someone figured out the equivalence. It was like. What's well, 10 It's 10 times what we're typically capturing on, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. if, if we're doing a spore trap, the volume. Yeah. So someone did some kind of gave me some kind of cutesy response, like 130,000, enough air to fill up 130,000 party balloons or something like that. I don't know. Party balloons. Over, over, over a period of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So never mind. I can't. I can't use that. <laughs> I, I would compare it to spore traps as a concept, not the amount of air they do. Like this is equivalent to actually using times. 120. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ish. <laughs> You know, ten times ish. Um, no, I mean, but again, these these are great questions. You know, Terry, and, and that's that's a good one too because, I, I mean, well, here, but I can take that question back to how how efficient is the capture efficiency of a fifteen liter per minute pump with a spore trap on it? I won't use a name brand of the spore trap, but you know, how far how what is the collection efficiency of that two and a half cubic feet that you're collecting on the thing, you know, and is the air stratified and you're not, you know, you're certainly not getting a homogeneous sample of the environment that you're taking the sample and you're getting a small little slice out of the pie. So I, I don't, I don't think any, so I, my point is I don't think any sampling methodology that we're currently using is all that freaking accurate either. So the only thing that I'll add to it is one of the challenges that I think that this is, works in a combination because I actually do want to capture what for dust mites, I want to capture their what's on their pillow or what is uh, on their bedding or in some of their areas that may not have been able to circulate into the air. So they may be may or may not be breathing it. So I think that this is giving me something that I can figure out as a direct exposure um, versus also what are some of the conditions that have been uh, uh, that are found in the their environment that they spend a lot of time in. So I think that this is a combination of an, and no assessment should be considered to be uh, concluded by one test. Uh, it is a visual assessment and you use these types of gathering techniques to confirm or deny what you thought is happening at the home. So I think that this is a, a new opportunity for us to expand what we're finding in the house. Yeah, I would totally concur on that too, Joe, because one of the things, you know, as consultants, I, 
newbies, but even even veteran consultants sometimes rely too heavily on one technology. And it's going back to like the uh, the book of five rings, you know, the the whole samurai book here, you know, don't get don't get tied into the long sword and not be able to use your short sword. But the bottom line is, I think the more ways we can look at it, because no, no sampling methodology or no analysis methodology that we currently use is all inclusive. It just isn't. So the more, you know, pieces of the puzzle are, you know, you're going to have a better profile. So, Joe, so I know you're going to say it. We're at that there time. There you go. I'm coming in. It's that time. I, so we're, 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 I would keep going. That's the thing. I, I, I'm ready to do an over, overdrive an show right now. I had no idea. It was yeah, only oh, it's so much year. fun. Sometimes yeah, we right. do overdrive, and we'll actually we'll actually run like a, an extended segment and put it out separate. I mean, if you're available, we could stay on for a few more minutes. But okay. <laughs> but we but, but many people need to leave, so we yeah. want to try and have we a get conclusion. That. So we're going to do the wrap first, you know. So, um, um, I. I usually try and come up with something but i already asked that earlier about where you're going to head but um i guess wh where do you think that you're um uh how are you going to benefit people's lives i mean it's, it's an obvious question but i just want to hear from you rachel is that your device is going to change how people live in their corporate or home world so i thought i'd just let you elaborate on you know that's a, a very unique concept so i'll let you kind of take that yeah um i would think it's important to find out you know that people know what they're being exposed to on in their in their environments themselves and kind of, I don't want to say we'll relate it back to health is uh, kind of our main thing, not to the point where we're saying, okay, well, these are dangerous levels of allergens in your, in your home, but, but more of, okay, these, these things are present and these could be causing or exacerbating your particular symptoms um, that you're going to your doctor for. Um, and, and then you can figure you need to reduce that load that's in your home. Uh, reduce the load that's in the particular um, facilities so that that people can feel better. Because um, just being in this business, I've been in it for about five years now, and just just talking to different customers um, about their particular symptoms that they're going through, and it's it's really it's bad. Some people have have really really serious asthma and and particular respiratory problems that. Um, things in their environment can really affect, you know, their well-being. And uh, with COVID especially, we want it to be um, safe for people to come back. When we also, we realize, you know, you have a lot of the, the valid equipment that's in places to um, reduce the, uh, the COVID-19 in the environment. Um, but I, I, we get it. People want to see that it's actually functioning, that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's a uh, it's a see it to believe it. So it's, um, you know, so they can see, well, this purification thing is, is in its place. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing. And we know that because um, the, uh, the air answers is in there measuring the uh, amount of COVID in the air. So it's, it's, it's more of, we, we want people to, to feel coming back into work. We want pe people to know what they are breathing in their air um knowledge is power um with with different labels i know with food you know what you're putting in your body it's like you should know what you're what you're breathing in is so well I, mean, I would think certainly you know right now you know again you know dealing with SARS-CoV-2 you know and in the indoor environment and that's on everybody's mind um you know certainly having some way to take longer duration views of what the lo particle load might be in the space there's I, 
you know, we could argue whether there's there's truly value in having that information or not. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but it certainly there's you know, there are there are measures being taken. Right. Uh, portable air purifiers, ventilation enhancements, a lot of things being done. So what, what you're offering is is a way to at least do longer duration views of what's happening yeah. in the space than a short duration snapshot or some surface sampling. So that, yeah. that's pretty neat. We, ha we had two more questions in there, and I want to just try to get them in before we close. I know, Joe, you're going to kill me, but uh, is testing a residence for mold slash allergens or in testing, if testing, sorry, I read it wrong. Uh, do you recommend multiple tests run concurrently as opposed to, you know, like, or do you go to a central location, this is, I guess, for residential? Well, it depends on, on, it depends on what you want to see exactly. I mean, if you're in, uh, if you have a, a larger establishment, um, different, a larger facility, we're looking, we we recommend that people use one device per um, HVAC uh, system that's in that particular building. Um, so, I mean, you may want to get, if you're interested in the rooms or, um, I mean, if it depends on, I'm kind of going all over the place here. It, it really depends on what you want to test. So if you're in a large industrial building and there's offices on different floors, you may want to buy two or three per floor. Um, you may want to test uh, particular lobby areas that are going to be inhabited by by more people in um, high traffic areas. Yeah, I mean, that's the same question for any other sampling, too. Like, you know, how many sport traps are you going to take in a space or how many uh, IAQ monitors are you going to put into the space for CO and whatnot, right, Joe? You know, yeah. No. Well, it, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's about your visual uh, assessment. You mm -hmm. need to, in, in your interview, like you need to, that determines everything you, you should be doing as a plan. These are not the solution. These are the tool. It's, you have lots of tools you pulled out of your, your kit. This is just one more tool to add that to what exactly you're doing. exactly right. And that's the problem. But there are a lot of people in the world that rely on the tools as the method, you know, the tools as their whole overall, like whatever, you know, like their whole litmus test. And, and I, that's crazy. I agree with you. Uh, you didn't say that, but I said it. Um, so we're at that point. Uh, Joe, uh, this, this is where Joe gets to do his shameless plug for Hayward Score because Joe's here uh, uh, on behalf of some stuff too. Tell us about yes, it. Yes, so uh, I'm a healthy building scientist for Hayward Score. You can go to haywardscore.com, ironically, to learn more about how your home is impacting your health. It's a, a survey. It takes you about 10 minutes or so. And through the survey, we found a lot of people learn a lot about their home that they kind of forgot about in terms of maintenance or other exposures or conditions or leaving their fan, turning their fans on or leaving them on a little longer. So if you want to learn more, HaywardScore.com and even just on that general page, there's a lot of great information, not just from uh, uh, COVID safety stuff, but just general uh, habits and uh, other things you should know about your house. So we appreciate uh, the exposure. Thanks a lot. Excellent. And uh, so I'll jump in and do the shameless plugs for Healthy Indoors because, well, you know, I'm kind of involved with it. Uh, so first off, uh, I guess it's, you know, we got some announcements. So I got to throw this out there. Um, we have a global edition of Healthy Indoors um, that we have been teasing for months on end now. It is coming out in the month of March. So it'll be a quarterly digital publication free, but it'll differ from our monthly Healthy Indoors USA edition in that it's going to be more global centric. The stories will be more, uh, you know, from all over the planet. Actually, we have stories from Australia, Singapore. Um, we have Italy. 
Uh, there's, there's a piece in there from the UK. And of course, we'll have some US and Canadian stuff in there too. Uh, and, and that'll be expanding as we go. So that's that's available. So uh, let me uh, jump to the screen because we've changed some stuff on our on our website. Those of you who go to healthyindoors.com, um, you, you'll see the menu bar has changed. The magazine only still shows the Healthy Indoors USA edition because we haven't released the other one. But you when you go to subscribe now, you have the option to actually subscribe to either the USA edition or the global edition. So you both options uh, and they're both free. So, you know, get both. Why have why settle for just one? But the other thing I really want to push out is the online global community. Um, we are um, releasing, we're, in, we're actually in beta right now for this, but we're going to be uh, offering uh, an online global community uh, that will allow you to uh, network um, on, you know, in the, in the industry. And there's never been anything quite like this. So I think it's important for me to just elaborate. The, uh, the global community will, will give people from all over the planet that have an interest in indoor environmental issues an opportunity to share network uh think of it in terms of a specialized social media and information and communication platform that's very indoor environmental centric so there's never been anything like that yeah there's reddit subgroups and there's facebook groups but we're, we're talking about something that we're going to be hosting with healthy indoors that'll allow everybody to share and network and do some great stuff live events just super exciting. We're very excited about it. Um, that's in beta. That'll be coming out toward the end of the month. So um, you can go to healthyindoors.com. If you click on the community tab, like we showed there, um, it'll actually uh, take you to that page where you can uh, sign up to be uh, pre-registered for the uh, community. So again, you can't join the community yet, but you can uh, pre-register for the community. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I guess that's all the plugs I really want to do. Um, next week, Susan, Chime in for me. Get uh, unmute. I guess I'm, my brain has gone. I'm blank, and I we we have next week EIA. Correct? Am I am I correct? Next week show. She's, she's looking at me like I, give yes, Ted, what? Er, give Ron next Burgundy the teleprompter. Is yeah, you're gonna have to get a teleprompter. I have a teleprompter. I just never program it. Um, next week is um a special conference preview from the Environmental Information Association. Kynock and a bunch of other people that are working on this conference are going to be here. So join us for that. That'll be a live chance for a little preview for their event that's coming up at the end of the month. And uh, you can uh, speak with them. Also, uh, the following week, we have Jeff and I believe Connie May. I'm not sure the the, the dynamic duo. Uh, Jeff May, who is a long-term IAQ veteran, uh, published many books. Uh, My House is Killing Me. Um, one and two. Right? And one, and two, two. Yes, there's a new edition. We're going to actually be doing a review in the next issue or maybe the issue after of Healthy Indoors. Probably won't be in the next issue. So it's just like, so I saw the eyebrows go up. It's like in the next issue, what are you insane? Um, but soon. That's not so, true. I'll read it. You know, I'm going to read it, but I don't know if we can get it published, you know, by, by the time the March issue comes out. So um, oh, anyway, um, and uh, yeah, lots of great stuff going on. So uh, check out healthyindoors.com. Uh, follow us. Uh, join us here for the show every week. And again, uh, we greatly appreciate all of your, your patronage here. Thanks so very much for those of, those of you in our live virtual audience. Thanks a lot. Um, you know, this is uh, great to have you here and have that opportunity to interact with you. Um, and also um, to all of you that are watching it on the various portals we're streaming to, as well as watching it after the fact or listening to the podcast. Uh, again, healthyindoors.com will get you to all the recordings, the podcast, the videos, the magazines. Da, 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 da. Okay, done. Rachel, thank you for yes. hanging out for all of that. <laughs> and listening uh, to me just, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We did share your email address as you put in the in the uh, email to us. Right. So we did let people have that access to that. So you may be getting some feedback. Right. And I'm sure lots of questions uh, throughout the day. We also sent the support email so that we definitely and, and, and overloaded the chat with a variety of your links. So we appreciate your time today. Oh, well, thank you so much. This is fun. So Rachel Robley from uh, Inspiratech, uh, the uh, director of labs, or head of labs. Um, thanks so very much for joining us. Uh, we're really excited and uh, wish you the best with uh, your new technology. It's, uh, you know, I seems kind of groundbreaking. So we're excited. We'll have you back before the year is in to see what's going on and what people are doing with your devices. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, excellent. So I guess with that, it's it, it's time again for me to bid adieu. And, I, you know, some, sometimes I, I just feel very... Uh, you're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. Just say goodbye. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I, you're, you're making me feel very melancholy here. And, you know, I, okay. Anyway, so thank you so very much for joining us on the Healthy Indoors live show. I'm Bob Krell, your host and publisher of the magazine. Uh, we'll see you again, same bat time, same bat channel, 1 p.m., Eastern Standard Time here for the Healthy Indoors live show next week. Until then, please stay safe and healthy.